Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Taped from scenic Southern Alberta in various locales, this is Flames Nation Radio, episode 24. I'm Ryan Pike, joined like always, by the illustrious Shane Stevenson. Hello, Shane. Hello, everybody. Your, your beard looks immaculate today. Thank you. Thank you. You know, my fun, funny story, my grandmother, she went um, to the States for two months and she didn't have any texting. The first thing she did uh, when she got back onto Canadian soil was text me and ask if I shaved it off. So, uh, Grandma, I love you. Uh, it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, Place Nations Radio is brought to you by DoorDash. And by the fine folks at Eau Claire Distillery, the folks who make Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. And uh, there's been a lot of uh, things to talk about. The, the Calgary Flames, uh, we just finished off uh, two important days. One, my cousin's birthday, the Sharks fan cousin. And he's very happy because the Sharks beat the Flames the other night. Uh, but two, the annual trade deadline. Usually it doesn't fall on Brennan's birthday weekend. Usually it's far, far removed from his weekend by about a month, but the schedule is weird this year. So Brennan's birthday is the day after the trade deadline or day before after the day before the trade deadline. For those of you who are going to get him cards next year, he noticed he didn't send any of these mad, uh, but the flames, uh, they had a pretty, they had a, a relatively busy deadline day. They had a, I would say they, you know, the, if you, if you look at uh, the prognosticators, the folks, uh, our friends at ESPN, Kristen Shilton and Greg Wasinski, uh, gave the Flames an A- minus for their work. Uh, the folks at The Athletic, I believe, gave them either a 7 or an 8 out of 10. No one, Very few people got a 9. Uh, so the Flames were one of the better teams, uh, according to The Athletic, according to ESPN, according to uh, Sporting News, NHL.com. Basically, any anyone who writes about professional hockey in the National Hockey League went, Flames did pretty well. So in case you've been living under a rock uh, for the last two months, and if you have been, we're sorry. Someone should have gotten you out of there earlier. Uh, so here, here are the moves the Flames made. The Flames made, I think, technically, we'll just run through the moves. This is all the transactions the Flames have made uh, regarding their reserve lists over the, since basically the beginning of February. So the Flames, one, traded for Tyler Toffoli. They sent a first-round pick in 2022, which is lottery-protected, but spoiler, uh, they're about five wins, six wins away from uh, clinching a playoff spot. So it will be kind of useless. They're not going to need the lottery protection, but they had it. Uh, it's a lottery protected 2022 first round pick. A Shane, jump in if I get this detail wrong. A fifth round pick in 2023. Yes. And 
the rights to Emil Heineman and Tyler Pitlick. Tyler Pitlick went immediately to the injured reserve for Montreal. And then recently, I believe he's skating again. I don't think he's played yet, but he hasn't played there. So, yeah. So it's basically uh, the Flames giving up four pieces. Granted, you know, Pitlick was not playing. So they essentially just took Pitlick's roster spot, swapped in Tyler DeFoley. It's a Tyler for Tyler trade. And Bob's your uncle. He's been playing pretty well. He slotted into originally the third line. And now he's sort of in that second, third line mix. He's been playing up a bit most recently with Johnny Gaudreau and Elias Lindholm. So that's trade number one. Flames add to Foley on, on Valentine's Day. So far, it has been pretty good. Tyler Toffoli is not a rental. He has two years remaining, two full years mm-hmm. remaining on his contract that runs through carry the one 2024. So he's he's going to be a flame for a while at a $4.25 million cap. Hit. Pretty reasonable. The next move the Flames made was, uh, according to Pierre Lebrun at uh, The Athletic and TSN, Kind of related to that trade, uh, the Flames, uh, uh, I believe March 2nd, uh, traded future considerations to the Montreal Canadiens for Michael McNiven. Uh, The gist of this, uh, according to LeBron and others, was basically uh, when the Flames made the trade with Montreal, uh, Montreal wanted to free up some spots in the reserve list. Uh, As many of you may know, uh, the NHL limits you to 50 active NHL contracts. So if you're above 20 and older, and playing in pro hockey, your contract counts towards the 50 contract limit. Montreal, uh, maybe you want to go get some European free agents before the end of the season. Maybe you want to add some some college free agents before the end of the season. You need open contract spots to do it. So apparently part of the deal with the Flames was they would take on a contract. Montreal uh, and the Flames discussed it. It was decided that Michael McNiven, a goaltender without a home, uh, would be the guy. Michael McNiven played, I think, a game or a period or something in the NHL, uh, but primarily an, a- an AHL and ECHL goaltender during his pro career. He is no longer on his entry-level contract, so there was really no spot in Montreal's system for him. Montreal had uh, uh, Kevin Poulin and, I believe, Cedric Primo, Caden Primo, uh, Caden. Caden Primo uh, as their goalies in uh, the age with the AHL's Laval Rocket. They had a lot of Laval Rocket is a fantastic name for a hockey club. But anyway, Montreal had their goalies in the NHL. They had their goalies in the AHL. And because uh, uh, McNiven was no longer on an entry-level contract, they could not option him to Trois-Rivières. Again, amazing name for a hockey club. Uh, uh, they couldn't send him to Trois-Rivières, uh, to the, the Lion, the Lyon. I don't know if they, pronounce, if they have that accent on the Lion. The Trois-Rivières the, the Lion in the ECHL. So they couldn't send him to the coast. Uh, so they sent him to the Flames. We'll, we'll revisit McNiven later, but the Flames basically got a free goalie for nothing because Montreal really valued having an open contract spot. Great. Next then, trade the Flames made, uh, the day before St. Patrick's Day on the 16th of March, or yeah, 16th of March, the Flames traded uh, for the player that, you know, we were literally recording a podcast last week and this happened. Uh, the player that us, Pat Steinberg, uh, you know, uh, Chris, uh, uh, the whole market, basically. Haley Salvian at the Athletic, or our friend at the Athletic, pretty much everyone who saw the Flames rostered kind of figured, you know, as soon as Tyler Toffoli slotted in, a lot of folks look for Toffoli-ish fits, as in people who could slot in and wouldn't need a lot of time to really get up and running because of personal connections to the team. And every one of their dog, uh, maybe not maybe not uh, Bag Milk's dog, Frank, but pretty much every one of their dog went, hey, the Flames and 
Mr. Kyle Yernquote makes a lot of sense. He's Elias Lindholm's cousin, for heaven's sake. Even he grew up in the same town as Jacob Pelche. Uh, they're all they all train together in the summer. We're not Jacob Pelche. Jacob. Uh, I was gonna say what? Pelche, <laughs> he, he won an award this week. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, he grew up. We grew up with Markstrom in uh, uh, Jalve. I don't know how to pronounce it. No, no, I'm, 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 I took a bit of Swedish, but my Swedish is incredibly rusty. But awesome. they grew, they grew up in the same town together. Uh, they trained in the off season, uh, and so the Flames, yes, the Flames did go out and get from the Seattle Kraken, uh, Mister Kaliarnkrook. Uh, yeah, so you- what the, the 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 deal was a 2022 second round pick, the one they acquired from Florida in the Sam Bennett trade. Yep. A 2023 third round pick, mm-hmm. and then a a fourth seventh seventh in seventh round pick in 2024 so three draft picks spread out over three different drafts one two top 90 ish picks one the, the seventh was an absolute the seventh was an absolute it, they're all dartboards for in round five six seven anyways so yeah and my guess is so uh the actually the, the way it was broken down was essentially just it was a second and a third for young croc and then it was a Seventh. A seventh rounder to get them to retain a half a salary. So uh, young, Jet, that, which was like well, I think we calculated it. It wasn't much. It was like yeah, so it's, it's, two hundred, that three hundred thousand dollars at that point of the season yeah, so or something. It's, it's, so he's a pending, he's a pending uh, unrestricted free agent. The Flames get him for half uh, his usual two million AAV, so one million dollars. Pretty tidy business. Fits right shot guy can play everywhere. Very versatile. Uh, you know, you, uh, I don't. I know uh, Mike McKenna for Daily Faceoff thought it was a little bit much to pay, but the Flames, I think, paid the premium because they wanted that player. You and got Seattle, the guy. I think if you're Seattle, you can't. You can probably you probably see the fit and see how well Toffoli did, and think you can probably get a little. You know, you can chisel the Flames a little bit. But you know, uh, Elliot Friedman over at uh, Sportsnet pointed out that you know the the Matthias Yarnmark trade was a second and a third. The um, another. There's another center depth uh, center that went Nash- to Nashville went to LA. I'm blanking on the name, but another, yeah. Oh, uh, Victor Arvidsson. Victor Arvidsson was a second player. and a third. Arvidsson was a second and a third. So. so, yeah, it's a second and a third for the player, which is market value for a player of that role. Uh, and then established top nine. An established top nine player, middle six player goes for a second and a third. And that's, that's. Yeah. So, and 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 you know what? It was the player they wanted. It was the player they needed. The player they targeted. And, and they. Yeah, and, it, and this is the year they want to comp- like. They already traded most of their other draft picks. So why if, not? If if you we were going to try to get him for less, I'm pretty sure Ron Francis is astute enough to know that this is the player the Flames would have wanted, and he might have like. I, if I were, if I were Ron Francis, I would have said, "Here's the here's the, here's the cost. Take it or leave it." And the Flames took it. So, you know, it's, I don't Is think... Is that the first rental Brad's trade for that their salary was over a million dollars? I think so. Yeah, I think so. So, like, that he was willing to pay for the play. Like, he really wanted Because normally it's the Forbort's, the Fantenberg's, the Gustafson's, the uh, whatever the, de- the depth-wise. Gustafson's. Uh, yeah. So, no, but that, that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, that's the first UFA without any term that he's paid for that was over a million dollars. Um, that he's played more over a third round pick for too. What, what was Gustafson's uh, cap hit? Yeah, Gustafson's it was like under a million. It was like nine hundred, eight hundred thousand. Yeah. He was just he was just kind of trying to stay in the league kind of thing because he had that super year in Chicago where he got like sixty points playing on power play one, and then he's just never got back to that. But that was a he was playing on a power play with Kane and it. So like <laughs> he can rack up the assists pretty good if you just know where to pass the puck. <laughs> 
So on deadline day in itself, uh, after all kinds of other stuff happened, the fl- three things happened to impact the Flames. One, Brad Richardson got claimed off waivers by the va- by the Vancouver Canucks. Richardson mm-hmm. was on waivers because I think the Flames were in the mindset of maybe they'll add something, maybe they won't. Uh, he was the he played less than Stone. You know, the last little while he played less than Stone. He played less than Brett Ritchie. So I think their mindset was uh, he's the easiest guy to put on waivers. Uh, you know, thirty just turned thirty seven. Uh, you know, 800K guy is a cup ring, but hasn't played a ton this year. And so he goes to Vancouver. I, I think decent fish for Vancouver used to play for the Canucks, opens up a roster spot for the Flames. The Flames use that roster spot and it's nearly the cap space to get Ryan Carpenter uh, for a 2024 fifth rounder. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, Ryan Carpenter, million dollars, uh, right shot center, uh, plays yeah. bottom six. Offensive. He's a non-entity uh, offensively. He does not shoot the puck. Does not shoot the puck. The guy will shoot the puck. The guy will hang back. He won't go down past the top of the circles. He is strictly out there to play defense. Yeah, if, he, if, you're, if you're looking so, for somebody just to be a black hole of offense in all three zones for yeah. your team. You need a, nothing will happen. Yeah. <laughs> nothing will happen and that's good it'll give everyone else a break doesn't he feel like a suddenly player i mean Brad oh, said he, he fits the style we play that was the quote for me how, how long as well have we been preaching okay we need more right hand shots on this team yarn croak to foley and carpenter all hold their stick the right hand way so now all of a sudden you can mix in match like i i, I wrote that they, carpenter could possibly fit with backland and coleman if they want to do that shutdown again instead of lewis so it just opens up more possibilities. I love the Carpenters. Yeah, they, they they end up having a net gain of right shot forwards in in the the trade deadline period. So that I think that's a win. They traded, you know, they they ended up moving a bunch of uh, a bunch of picks, which I think you can do right now because mm-hmm. the Flames. We'll get into the depth in a little bit, but you know, I think the Flames have enough pieces in their system that you can take a year and not really have too many picks uh, as of right now. They didn't um, trade anybody, right? Other than Heineman, they didn't lose a prospect. And either. he wasn't even a guy they drafted. So, I mean, overall, they, they have three picks in the 2022 draft. Uh, you can get away with that if you think you're going to, you know, contend for something. But well, that's not something trade, you can do every year. You could, you could trade down to and get some more fourth. Of, like, you could trade yeah, from the second to the third and pick up a fifth. And knowing, knowing how the Flames operate, I think, in Montreal on that second day, with their second-round pick, they'll trade back maybe into the early third to try to gain some kicks of the can because, you know, I think they trust their scouting group enough to do that. So so that, that's where they're at now. Uh, they also uh, – I know your guys – Biggest trade there. of the day. The, the biggest trade of the day is the one you haven't talked about. Oh, we're going to get to it. So Michael yeah. McNiven, after spending, I think, the better part of three weeks with Stockton and never, never, ever dressing or playing in any way, was traded to the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators uh, at that point needed a minor league defense or minor league goalie. Uh, they had a spot for him in Belleville. So he's going to Belleville. He'll be playing yes. with the – he got yeah. traded to Ottawa for future considerations, not Aaron Vickers' website, The you know, th- you know basically uh, a bunch of uh, ruminations on – when the planes will do anything so yeah so future considerations got them michael mcniven and they got future considerations back for michael mcniven so they missed him so much they just needed future considerations back in the system they you just always need future considerations it. bt dubs fc hockey does a fantastic draft guide so it, once we get closer to the draft and you know it might not be as useful for planes fans this year but if you're looking to get a lot of details about some deeper picks in every draft 
I do not gain anything financially from plugging future considerations cross my heart, but they're just, they're just good people. And uh, they do a lot of hard work. They're basically the 33rd NHL team with the number of scouts they have out there. So uh, that's my, that's my plug for my friends who do really good work. Uh, I know probably half of the people work from future considerations in North America. They are absolutely essential Twitter follows and just, just dynamite people. So yeah, the, the flames ended up, you know, they made a bunch of things happen. They did a bunch of things. And I think, you know, uh, I think they had a, a pretty good deadline. If you look at the the, the moves in the aggregate, I think uh, outside of, you know, they didn't add a defenseman at all. But if you looked at how the holes we thought they had two months ago, the beginning of February, come, you know, when the Olympics were going on and we were, you know, squawking about the Flames depth, I think that I think they addressed the things they needed to address. So I think all in all, Shane, when people say, oh, you know, I, I, I'm loath to give the Flames a letter grade because, I don't know. I think it's, you know, Brad, uh, Brian Burke always said, you, you, you judge trades with a calendar, not with a stopwatch. And I, yes. I stand by that. But I think I think for the things the Flames probably felt they wanted and needed to do to give themselves the best chance of playing for a while once uh, the standing stopped counting and, you know, you start whittling things down. I, I think they did a good job with it. I think they got, they got, they did some defensive play. Yarncroak and uh, Carpenter are strictly defensive forwards. Uh, no, Yarncroak's got a bit more uh, offense to his game and he's got an actually above average shot. Uh, I, I did the profiles on both of them when they came. So um, he, he's a good third line center. I, I don't really want him playing higher, but they, they don't, but he's a good, the other thing is if someone gets hurt, he's available, right? And now, now that's the other thing. Knock on wood, they've lost the least amount of man games to injury. I like, I don't, I don't like it. Everyone thinks it's blasphemous to talk, but me talking about this isn't going to hurt them on the ice. Sorry to, sorry to break your, um, in, in, unless, you, unless you start throwing things, from yeah, hands, I think they're fine. But, uh, but so, so they, they now have, they have depth at every position. And, and that's what Brad was talking about when they talked about his D. He said, well, we have Stone and Stone can fill in for Good Branson, Zadarov, Tanev anyone and then you also also have valamaki and Mackey. so they, they felt their decor was really good and they had the pieces already the depth pieces that could come and fill in if necessary but up front you know you, you know if elias lindholm goes down well you're not you're not going to find the same production no no way but you can bump backland up you could bump john croak up and now you still have depth and and no one's really playing out of their socks um you know, Sean Monahan. Uh, you know, take the cap hit away. He's still providing really good fourth line center production for a fourth line center. Him and Lucic, maybe the most expensive uh, quality fourth line players, but they, they are still quality NHL players producing at an above replacement level. So, it, it, you know, you, you, everyone wants to harp on him because of the cap hit and whatever. But I mean, he got paid. He earned that money when he got paid that money by producing beforehand. You know, someone a wise man once said, "You don't." you know, you know, you earned that contract with your play before now you're playing for your next one. So um, I, I'm fine with what they have right now. Uh, the, you know, it, it, it's, it could, all this positive talk can end if they don't make the second round of the playoffs. Right. But it, they got to get there and they know they've got to do it. And uh, they've got a good thing. They've got a coach that understands what the actual goal is. It's not just to participate. It's to win. Oh yeah. Speaking of, so uh, here's the fun part. After laying the lamp, hit the showers. Actually, uh, <laughs> I'm just now. This is me botching ad reads. Uh, we have. Uh, we're excited to uh, be embarking on a new partnership with Manscaped, the, the fine, lovely people at Manscaped. Uh, so after lighting the lamp, hit the showers with this all-in-one scare, the skin and hair kit that covers you from head to toe, literally. 
Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code FLAMES. Once again, 20% off and free shipping with the promo code FLAMES at manscaped.com. You heard it here first, folks. And and while while Manscaped, Manscaped has depth in many of their care products, the Flames have depth in their lineup. How that? How's that for a segue? Good transition. How's that? Pat Steinberg would uh, would be proud of me with that 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 kind of. Uh, gonna get called up. You already you already have the one week radio hits. They're gonna bump you up now with transitions like that, Pike. Yeah, no, the the smoothest transitions outside of uh, the Vegas Golden Knights trying to uh, trying to get the puck out of their defensive zone. Uh, so we're trying to get a player off their roster. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, uh, we're talking about the Flames of Buster Depth. So, so, so uh, before the, the – actually, in February, we, we did a piece on the site uh, looking at the team's depth, and I thought it was probably smart to just, just revisit that a bit now that uh, the smoke is cleared. Uh, goaltending, the Flames have uh, five players under contract, of which four are actually playing. Tyler Parsons is not expected to play a single game of professional hockey this year. Uh, who knows if he plays professional hockey again, all the best to him. Uh, but we're going to focus on the, on the, the gentleman under active NHL contracts. So uh, the flames are pretty well suited in the NHL. Uh, they have uh, Jacob Markstrom, who's going to be contending for the Vesna this year. Dan Vladar is his backup uh, combined. They have 15 pro pro or NHL playoff games. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, but I think, you know, the, I think, uh, one guy is super young and one guy played in Vancouver and didn't get a lot of reps in the postseason. Neither of them can control those things. So I think they've done the best they can. 15 games to play as experience is pretty decent, all things considered. And they're going to be contending for the Jennings in the NHL. Uh, in the American Hockey League, uh, Dustin Wolf leads the American Hockey League and wins. Uh, he's very good. Adam Werner is less good. He has an 884 save percentage. Uh, as we saw when when the Flames called up Dustin Wolf when uh, – when Dan Bildar couldn't get across the uh, across the border due to COVID regulations, uh, just after the COVID stoppage, th- you know, Destin Wolf is the undisputed number three guy right now, and you know, yeah, he should between, he's earned that. I don't he's think there's that. a big gap between Bildar and Wolf. I don't know when we're going to figure out exactly how close they are. My guess is the preseason because I think the Flames don't want to mess Training, with the mojo yeah. they have right now. But Training. yeah, so I think Shane, what do you think? Goaltending. Lockdown, but I think I, it's a comfort area for them. Here's the thing: if if Markstrom goes down, and this is the real question: if Markstrom goes down again, knock on wood, we're, I'm being terrible. Fans are going to just curse me if something happens to anybody. But if Markstrom goes down, is it Wolf or Vladar? I think I, I think I, Coach I goes with Vladar. I think, I think you go the Coach team goes team. with Vladar because he's there. You devil, you know that's exactly right. Um, but you know, having Dustin Wolf there as a backup is not a bad situation. Like I'm, I'm not like if Marshall goes down, my expectations for the entire team go down. So I, I think, it, 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 but also it's not all on Marshall's shoulders to do it. All the team needs to play well. In I, front. I think, I think the performances they've gotten from the dar against good teams shows mm-hmm. that I think the team yeah. has confidence in him. And I think that the coaching staff, has some confidence in him to to deliver. So I, he's I think- played some big game. Like he's like two games against Colorado already. I bet you he plays the third. Uh, he he's played some. He went to Car- played Carolina fair decently when they were just like going on that right out of the COVID stoppage. Was it Tampa and Carolina? Yeah, but he still fared well in both those games. So if you if you want to criticize Dan Vladar, 
he hasn't stolen many games, but he also hasn't given any away. Well, he hasn't lost any, really. Other than I mean, one, the, but, the the worst game he yeah. played was that game in Vancouver where the whole team wasn't really good and a bunch of weird stuff went went wrong. So I mean, I'm 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 pretty happy with the the goaltending left shot D. Here's their depth: Hannafin, 15 games in playoffs, mm-hmm. Shillington zero, Zadorov mm-hmm. 33, and That's then Mackey zero, Valimaki two, Kevin Gravel one, Ilya Solovyov zero, Colton Pullman zero. So, if you have to, if you get down to those guys, uh, even if you have to get down to Kevin Gravel, stuff has gone excellent. If, if you're really, if if you're if you're starting to to split hairs at the sixth guy on the rotation, I think you're doing okay. I mean, this is just the left side. The Mackie, big thing on the Mackie, left, though, Mackie has been really, really good for Stockton this year, playing first pair every situation, putting up points, defending fairly well. Uh, you know, the worst thing you can say about Connor Mackey is that I don't think he's a high-end prospect. I think he'll probably top out at being a good third-pair guy. But, I mean, the Flames gave up zero assets to get him, and he could be playing regular NHL minutes as soon as next year, and I think it's pretty good. Valimaki, I think, is a higher ceiling, but I think Valimaki, you know, we, we talked in the past about how, you know, he, he lost that year and a half to a couple injuries. He had a, a high ankle sprain, which messed him up, and then – when he finally got his mojo back in the summertime, he blew out his knee and, you know, he had an injury in Stockton. He was sort of sitting for a lot of time. So he's the kind of guy that I think needs to play a ton. And thankfully, I think that the biggest beneficiary, I think, for the Stockton Heat having a lengthy playoff run might be Yusuf Alamaki because I think he's the guy who really thrives in those big moments of games. Like he's sort of a, you know, he's a finesse guy. And I think having the situations that they're going to have during a playoff run will really help him get more reps in and get more high octane reps in high leverage reps. And I think, I I still think at this point, if you're going to say which guy do you want to plug in, in game six of a playoff series, if someone goes down, it's probably Mackie because there's less wildness in this game at this point. But I think, I think in a year's time, I think Valimaki will definitely be a guy they they really want to have in there. And who who knows what happens here. Who knows? Because both have to go through waivers next year, so uh, it, it, who knows, right? What their plan is for the offseason because they're going to have to replace Gabranson's UFA, Zadarov's UFA. Uh, the, but that bottom pair has been great. I, I at least want one of them back personally, you know. Uh, but speaking of, that's who I'm most excited for in the playoffs is Nikita Zadarov because you know we all know what happens in the playoffs. The whistles get put away. The whistles disappear, and people can complain about it all they want. It's a it's a reality, and you know who pl- who who can play very mean and very effectively in the slot, Nikita Zadorov. He we watch Ben Sherratt, Joel Edmonds can just bully people to get Montreal there. You watch the Stars defenseman bully people. So I'm excited. Zadorov's a remember 2015. Remember 2015 when Derek England became a cult hero in Calgary for fighting multiple Canucks at once. Yep. That's going to be either Zadorov or Good Branson in the postseason. Yep. Or Lucic, but I mean, first of all, all three of them are out there. So if your tough guy takes one of them off the ice, are you going to, is your next semi tough guy going to go out there? Because he's not going to want to, because you know who they could also put Brett Ritchie on the fourth line if they really want to. I, I really don't think they're going to, unless they have to, but he'll be physical to like, especially in a playoff matchup. You think he's going to shy away from playing hard as physical as he can? Absolutely not. Right. So you know, it, it, teams want if the teams want to try and play physical against Calgary, good luck because I don't know if there's another team as that's going to the playoffs, anyways, as physical as them. 
you get, you can't match up. And I was talking to Ryan Popovich on Twitter the other day. And he was said, one of the, his favorite things was the flames have effing swagger. And I was like, and they have the brawn to back it up. So Zadorov specifically left D I'm pumped for Zadorov. It playoff Zadorov. Hopefully he's not making gaffes like he was early in the year, but he's really kind of, he's been smarter with his mobility. He's been smarter with his stick handling. He's been smarter about when he jumps into the play and when he, and, and how, how aggressively he jumps into the rush. He, he really has improved as a player all around this year. So I'm really excited to see what he can do in the playoffs. So yeah, lefty, I think is they're, they're set five deep with viable NHL options and if you get down to Kevin Gravel, you're not going to be doing much of anything anyway. <laughs> You'd be lucky uh, you're even there. <laughs> uh, Kevin Gravel, uh, very, very dependable AHL guy. Better than he, either of us. <laughs> I think even he would admit that he probably shouldn't be playing NHL playoff minutes. Uh, on the right side, this is, I, this is, I think, a strength area of the team. Uh, Rasmus Anderson, 15 playoff games. Chris Tanev, 33. Eric Branson, 19. Michael Stone, 6. Andy Walensky, 3. Nick Simone zero, Johannes Schinval zero. Uh, Andy Walensky has been injured in Stockton for basically the better part of the last two months. Um, I assume he'll be back at some point. I haven't heard yes. I haven't heard no. Generally speaking, the folks in Stockton are really forthcoming with injury information. Uh, shout out to their, their comm staff. Uh, so my assumption right now is Andy Walensky will at some point be an option for Stockton. He hasn't played in a while. So we'll, we'll probably, we'll ignore his existence for now. The left side uh, beyond Michael Stone, or right side beyond Michael Stone is pretty lean. But I mean, even when, when, when uh, you know, Stone playing on his offside for two games back-to-back against uh, whoever the hell it was in Colorado. In Vancouver and Colorado? No. No, Colorado was, Vancouver was the other Anyway, yeah, he played, he played yeah. two games in short notice because uh, Shillington had Shillington an injury so, that they yeah. wanted to to take care of. He was good. He was he was he the serviceable. You, you, you barely noticed him. You, if that if was you true. hadn't told me that Michael Stone was playing, I would not have been able to tell you. And that's the highest compliment I can pay to Michael Stone. He's in a short if in a pinch, he can play reliable minutes. Uh, and the I, nice thing is for 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 right side depth, uh, Valamaki can play either side. So I think I, I think do, that'd be fine. I do think. Um, Based on how they keep possession, they really like the left-right-hand dichotomy. Um, I think if playoffs were to come and someone on the left side was hurt, I do think you'd see Mackey. I, I do over over Stone, just for the fact that you know when the puck rings up the boards, it's a lot harder for the right-hand shot to come and try and pull the puck off the boards. It creates more opportunities for their forwards to get turnovers or odd man rushes when you have the left and you can just pick the puck off the boards and either throw it back down or uh, pass across, it, it just makes the system easier. So uh, Daryl Sutter is a coach that values the left hand, right hand. He will use them in a pinch, but I think in a playoff game, a game that matters, I think Stone is a good replacement for anyone on the right side should that happen. But I think if anyone on the left gets hurt, you'll see Connor Mackey. That's my assumption. I, I do not know that, but I it depends they, on what they I, plan for Stockton playoff run as well. I think they want to get Mac. If I were them and knowing how they think, if they have roster slash cap wiggle room in the last two weeks of the season, I think they try to get Mackey up for a game or two just because like, you know, they, I, I think they feel, I agree with you, except the idea that stone has played this year and played for the well, yeah. stone. I think stone's reliability on both sides is probably more front of mind. And I think you'd want to get Mackey into a game 
so that you know if you're if you're Daryl yeah, absolutely if you're Daryl Sutter and you have Ryan Husker going Daryl we got to keep the left right thing going and he goes yeah but this kid hasn't played at all in the NHL having a game or two of him giving you reliable minutes in the NHL I think would matter yeah I, I think I think all things being equal this is a coaching staff that likes to go with reliable and experienced all things being equal. So I think if you can, if Mackie gets a chance to show them that that's the problem for bit of a, a better option on the left side than stone, I, I think, uh, I think that would go, but I generally agree with you. I think, I think they have their, I, I, he playoff wise, his limits would be completely limited anyways. Like he wouldn't PK, he wouldn't power play and he would get buried in offensive zone starts only with good Branson. Like, I don't, I like, I'm not saying as it, it would, he would be thrown to the wolves kind of per se. He probably preference, like, if it was a road game and you couldn't match up, maybe Stone comes in, right? But, like, but, but I agree with you completely. He, he, he they should, uh, if they can find the cap wiggle room in the, the end of the season, give him a couple games. Um, because, because he, that, that would be huge for their depth for the playoffs to have even, two, even two or three games of experience, um, with the coaching staff a week up remember he'd be practicing that whole week with the team as well uh goes a long ways for being just prepped right and that's that's really what it's all about right now is being ready for the second tournament and we're not we you have to be ready for each game individually today and and as we can see from the coaches uh reaction they weren't wasn't really happy about how ready they were against the sharks but that's the, that's the point he's, he's trying to get them ready for that so they can always be prepped to play hard so anyway, let's, let's, move to centers. let's move to the centers. I really like the center group. Uh, mm-hmm. Sweet. How awesome. sweet it is. So here, here, here's the flame centers. Uh, Elias Lindholm, 15 playoff games. Michael Backlund, 30. Sean Monaghan, 30. Ryan Carpenter, 26. Uh, did I include Yarn Croak in here? Nope. But he went to a cup Callie final. Uh, Cali Yarn Croak has 63. I'm lumping yeah. him in with the centers because – He's played center in the games he's played for Calgary so far. Uh, and then beyond uh, Yaron Crook, you get uh, Adam Rizichka, Byron Fraze, Glenn Godden, Connor Zary, and Luke Philp, all of whom have zero playoff games. Uh, there's a mixture of righties and lefties in this group that I like. Uh, Yaron Crook, uh, Lindholm, and Carpenter are righties. Fraze and Godden are also righties. Uh, so they have a nice mix. Dylan Dubé can also play center. Uh, we've seen from time to time Trevor Lewis, Trevor Lewis slotted. He's yeah. not great at it, so he's usually just on the wing. So he's I, I like the center depth because there's a lot of guys you can use in different situations. Some guys can play on the wing. Um, you know, realistically, they're I'd say they're five, maybe six players deep with viable NHL options. I think if you threw in Dubé as a center, I think you're you're feeling okay about it. Same with Rizicka. I think maybe bump that to seven guys you probably really feel reliable with. Uh, Fraze and Godden are completely adequate stopgaps. I think the big challenge for them is, you know, they they both had looks last year and early this year with Forgotten, and they didn't really grab hold of it in the same way. Like, comp- compare Rizicka's uh, use and how well he played to Fraser Godden. And I just don't think, I don't think that Fraser Godden really showed as much in terms of fitting into their style as, uh, as Ruzicka did. So 
Again, I really like Glenn Gordon is a really good AHLer. Byron Frey's really good AHLer. Maybe it might just be a system thing where they just don't fit in well with the system that the Flames play. And they, you know, let's be honest. Like, you're, if you're if you're a guy who's been in the in the AHL for eons and you get a chance to play in the NHL, maybe you're going to try to play a bit more of a defensive style unconsciously because you don't want to go back and you don't want to stand out for for making mistakes. And you know, Frey's and Gordon were both they played more or less mistake free hockey, but they weren't really offensive contributors either they were sort of just they were you know they were they were replacement level players you know so they weren't below replacement level which is something very few people can be a replacement level nhl players but i think i think if you look at the the moves they've made you know they've added you know rizichka's development and adding carpenter adding yarn croak has given them a ton of buffer from having to go to that well i mean these guys are you know relative to their their position at, at the nhl level you know, Frey's and, and Godin aren't really that far off. They're, they're much they're much closer to the NHL pack than, say, Kevin Gravel is. Yeah, well, Frey's has uh, 100-ish games under his belt, and he, he he would only ever play on the fourth line. Like, he wouldn't get any higher. And and to be fair, that would involve an injury to at least two, two or three centermen for him to even be considered. Like, Rizicka's their number one option to come up. Uh, he, he's, he, he's found success. He's played up in the lineup as well. Like, he's been, he's been able to earn the trust to play on the third line and get, like, 14 minutes a night some games. So, Rizicka is a great depth option that he, he waiver exempt, which is awesome. Like the, when anytime you draft someone and they can be a depth piece that you can trust and they're waiver exempt, like before their second contract kicks in, well, then that guy is doing fantastic for not only himself. And he'll he'll need waivers next year, but I mean, I don't think he's going down next year. I think he's. I think if he if he's truly committed and like he did, and and now that he knows what the coaching staff wants, I, I think I said it last two weeks. I think long term, Adam Rzichka is a Calgary Flame going forward. Um, he, unfortunately for the push, the all in that they hate to say chips, the only piece that they could send with down without losing anybody was him so it's it's a math game that kind of burned him the, the lack of cap space uh, really is the only reason he's not there and, really and he can play 20 minutes a night down in stockton after spending the two months in calgary and just fine-tune his game now you, when you play more you find more situations and you learn more about yourself and you know finding the right lanes and and when to turn when when to when to dump the puck around the boards things like that uh, you know when to approach approach a scrum and how to approach a scrum so he's 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 a tremendous depth piece and if they need him at any time and if the coach wants him at any time when it when it comes down to it and like the games matter he'll be there if he needs to be there agreed left let's move to the wings these are the left left shot players who don't play center. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, 30 playoff games. Matthew Kachuk, 15. Andrew Mangiapane, 15. Blake Coleman, 53. Milan Lucic, 124. Dylan Dubé, 10. Trevor Lewis, 87. And then the guys who don't have any playoff games under their belts at the NHL level, Jacob Pelche, Emilio Peterson, Martin Pospisil, and Justin Kirkland. I'll say this. Um, I You could probably plug in any of the zero games guys and they'd be fine uh pelche is probably the easiest to slot in then kirkland uh peterson's been you know he's been peterson's been pretty good as a two-way forward lately for stockton uh Pospisil, i feel so bad for the kid because if he, if he he's, he's such a daryl sutter player but he's always hurt but if he if he he's basically a full like he's in his third entry level year his entry level contracts he's up every year, and he's been injured every year 
Yeah. A significant injury every year. But he's so good. He's big and he plays with a chip in his shoulder. I love Oscar, so. Brad Bradshaw Living used the phrase, he's the kind of kid who could find trouble at church. Like he's just he's Classic he bro. has that kind of intangible that like I, I think he's gonna get qualified. He'll be back again because mm-hmm. I don't think there's anyone else outside of Kachuk in the Flames organization that really brings that shit disturber part to their game the way he does. And I think, can he pick his spots better? Well, yes, because part of the thing that makes him so effective is getting in, into people's faces and making trouble is also probably what leads him to be so injury rattled. But I think, can he find the, the, the edge there where he can maintain that kind of, you know, uh, you know uh, sticking in the craw of the other team without mm-hmm. becoming, putting himself in vulnerable positions? I will say that the Flames do have one more shit disturber, um, but he he doesn't often get classified as that because of his size. But um, Andrew Mangiapane doesn't back down from nobody. I knew you'd go there. Nobody. He, there. He, if Zidane Chara was in his face, he'd be cross-checking Chara right back. He does not care. He's like, get out of my face. Like, he, that. I love it. I love it. And I, I, I get like Coleman kind of a sense Coleman knows when to stop, but man, man gets cross-checked. He's turned around and he's whopping in with his elbow or gut shot with his fist. Like I, I love it. I love watching man after scrums. Cause he don't, he's like, no, no, no. Like you're not pushing me around. I, 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 this is my ice. Okay. So I do love that part. Uh, but, but yeah, that's possible. plays that big heavy style where he can get behind the net and use his body to protect the puck. That's probably part of why he gets hurt so much is because they come down and they forecheck him and he keeps getting just plastered. And he keeps yeah, the, getting the, the, worst, the worst thing you can say about him is his skating's not great. And so he, he can't get himself out of trouble the way some better skaters can. But I mean, if, if he, I think a lot of it is just bad luck. If he had, if he had better luck, I think he, he would have gotten some, some taste at some point. I can't say enough good things about Jacob Pelche. I have a feeling uh, much like Connor Mackey. I think Pelche is, gonna get an audition here just because i think if someone gets hurt i think pelche is the next guy up well, pelche doesn't cost pelche doesn't cost any uh, waivers or anything right that so how many we they only get five calls now right four four they only four, get four, four, four non-emergency recalls yeah so after the fourth one you have to play short one game and then you can call up someone to replace them in, in, but as in, soon as that person's healthy they have to return uh, no because if, if you know everybody's hurt you can you you can use the if you have if you have cap space you can use emergency recalls if you are out of bodies if you ha- have no cap space and you're out of bodies you have to play a guy short okay which is so, calgary's almost out of <laughs> they, uh, they, well, they, they can pay for a guy to be on the roster for a day that's the, not a problem, the, the so. cap space escalates as we go forward so i mean they're getting yeah. uh the day-to-day gap basically from yesterday to today they gained fifteen thousand dollars in extra space mm-hmm. Tomorrow we're going to gain thirty. The next day, sixty, and so on. And so so it's going to escalate. By if you're, if you're the Flames, and hypothetically the last weekend of the year in that back to back, they just bring in a bunch of kids. They can add seven million dollars in cap hits in the last day of the season and, and still be compliant. Uh, so, no, no, I got a question for you though. Or will we let, let's do the right let's do the right wings before yeah, we'll, we we'll get it. We'll get into the nerd shit later. Uh, yeah. So I think the left side is really. I think it's really good. Kirkland, I think, is sort of an unsung guy in the Flames organization. Uh, I don't know if they're going to qualify him, but he seems like a natural guy to come back at some point. He's 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 a really reliable. He's never going to be uh, leading oh. the parade, so to speak, but he's such a reliable secondary guy. Same he, thing with Byron Fraze. Like Byron Fraze, I think 
the, the best thing for the Flames organization this year is that Fraze and Kirkland are not driving the bus in Stockton. It's the kids. But I still think that Fraze and Kirkland, the reason why the kids can drive the bus in Stockton is because they have the Frazes and Kirklands and DeSimones and Gravels and those guys. Really, Good leaders. Yeah, they're put and, and they're, they're, they're AHL. Yeah, you you need you need a Byron Fraze and a Justin Kirkland and the and the, the the depth guys to show your guys how to be good pros. And I think the fact that they, they've had so many guys in their first and second years really like Adam Ruzich could you know become he's an NHL option because I think he was playing with the right people who taught him the right things. Uh, on the right side, the right side's uh, so a little more depth than Kroc, we've had in years. We included Yarncrock in the in the uh, centers in, in the centers group, so this seems a little bit leaner than it actually is. Right side, Tyler Toffoli, 76 playoff games. Brett Ritchie, three. Fire, uh, Matthew Phillips, zero. Walker Dewar, zero. Itu Talola, zero. Uh, they basically swapped out uh, uh, Toffoli for, uh, and, and Yarncroc for, for Pitlick in terms of right side depth. Carpenter um, can play the wing as well. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, if they and, don't, if they don't want to, like, like they've never why, ever tried on it in the wing. I'm they've characterizing never tried it. Them, so. I'm characterizing it as shot depth rather than wing depth because yeah. uh, the Flames have a lot of guys who, like, half their lefties. Like, I'd rather have more centers that and have have them be forced to play winger. Yeah, and half their lefties that, play the right yeah. side anyway. I mean, yeah. So I, I mean that Coleman and Mann and Kachuk can play on either wing. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like to, to Foley's real good. We saw Walker Door early this year. He's fine i mean walker door the worst thing to say about him is he's a very fourth line winger he is he could, he's he could a, come up and furland furland the crap physically i'm not or, saying he's gonna walk, score walker door is a poor man's brett ritchie and that's not meant yeah. as an insult he's just brett ritchie without brett ritchie's experience and instincts and he'll develop those and again they gave up absolutely nothing to For sign Walker's walker door and he's played nhl games and he was good so great uh, and the other guys, I mean, the, the guys they have, you know, uh, Toffoli is legitimately good and signed for a couple more years. Brett Ritchie is fine. I mean, he's the kind of guy that if you get him in, he's ba- he's basically what Michael Stone is to uh, the defensive group. You plug him in, he'll be fine. If you don't sit yeah. him, if you sit him and he doesn't need to do anything, he's not going to make waves. He's an they're, ideal 14th guy. They're guys that can sit in the press box and you're not worried about their development, right? Like, like you don't want Rizicko or Pelche sitting in the box, not playing games, right? Like that's a terrible way to develop anybody that age. So, but you can, you know what Richie is and you know what Stone are, and they're fine with it. They're getting an NHL paycheck. They're still in the league and, and they're on a team that has legitimate Stanley cup aspirations. And if the, you know, they win that cup, their names get put on it. So like, you know, why would you complain? You're in a good spot. Richie's played 30 games. Uh, you got a goal. Scored. If if here's yes, but if they don't play in the playoffs and they're not playing in half the regular season games, the the Flames would have to apply to have their names on. Yeah, uh, this will this won't be important until it's really important. Yeah, but this won't be important until it's really important. But basically, there's a set number of name spots on the, on the cup. I think it's like fifty or fifty two. And so the, tw- you know, the guys who play every game, like if you dress for every game or dress for half the games, you're automatically or, on the cup. Or one game in the final. If you or dress in the yeah, final, you're on, you're in there. Yeah. And then, you know, they fill it in with the owners and stuff like that. And then, so the guy, the, generally speaking, if you're on the roster all year, the team, the cup winning team will apply to have their, their, you know, 13th and 14th forward or their backup goalie and their, and their seventh defenseman get on the cup. 
it's an automatic, it's not an automatic thing, but you're given a certain number of spots. And as long as you're not like Peter Pockland and trying to put your dad's name on the cup, uh, yeah. they, they, the, the, the hall of fame looks at the list goes, okay. they, don't and the, list they, they, they don't really, they're not really going to nitpick it too much as long as the names are, are of actual human being players, not like the yeah. owner's dog or his dad <laughs> or his ghost. His son. <laughs> well, my son was a special advisor. No, he, he's not. We're going to put the guys that actually, but hey, like hey, they'd I all know. get, we're, we, we're past the part of the podcast where we disparage the Chicago Blackhawks organization. Oh, I was disparaging the Oilers organization, but uh, <laughs> a little kid that would always Special look advisor. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So I think, you know, looking, looking at uh, the trade deadline and looking at the, the things the flames have done, I think they're doing pretty good. Uh, there's night as it, we're recording this on Wednesday, the flames play again on Friday. They have a back to back with Arizona. And then on Saturday, a bunch of goons from Edmonton come down on the bus uh, from Oilers Nation to sit in our building and uh, really make security dislike people from Edmonton. We're gonna like, we're gonna we have to watch the whole game from the con the, the the walkway. They don't get to sit in the actual media booth. They have to stand on that rickety walkway. We'll tell Zach. We don't that. even let them. <laughs> we'll tell Zach he's got to set up there. But we don't let we don't let Zach even pass the gate. I, 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 I'm I'm tight enough with the security people to know that they they follow him to the appropriate spots. Yeah, out, there you go. Out back in the ditch. But yeah, Saturday night is the fourth and final edition of the Battle of Alberta for this year. It is a really important game for Edmonton because they're flat out fighting for their playoff lives uh, in, oh. in, the, in the Pacific Division. And this is kind of weird to say the Pacific division, you have the Calgary flames at the top and they have a six point cushion as we're writing this on the bank, on the uh, LA. LA Kings. LA? And the flames have two games in hand on LA. Yeah. LA is a re they're probably going to finish second. Yeah. So they're a really They'll probably play the Oilers. And then the third place team will be some one of, of Vegas or Edmonton and maybe Vancouver. Maybe not Vancouver, probably Vegas or Edmonton, maybe Vancouver. So realistically, uh, games for Vancouver, Edmonton, and Vegas this is running out. are so, 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 so important. So if you're, if you're, uh, you know, this, this is the, uh, this is the, you know, the, the part in the action movie where, you know, the flames are on the helicopter and they, they're, re they're reaching down to, you know, to, to grab hold of, the Edmonton Oilers hand and help them in the helicopter. So right now on Saturday, the flames can either, you know, pull Edmonton up into the helicopter and give them some life, or they can just let pull their hand out and go psych and just watch them fall into the volcano. You, you could use Die Hard as a good analogy. Hans Gruber, you know, yeah, are you going to pull Hans Gruber up to the building, or are you going to let him fall? Yeah, <laughs> the flames could be their savior, or the flames can Hans Gruber them. And it's, Welcome to the party, pal. It's going to make for such a fun atmosphere. Uh, if you haven't been to a game this year, I know a lot of folks, for various reasons, haven't been to a game at the Saddle Dome this year or even a couple years. Uh, so if you feel comfortable and you have some extra cash in your pocket, of all the games to go to this year, that is going to be an absolute crackerjack game. It should be a really fun atmosphere, even with the Oilers Nation crew, a bus of those goons coming down from Edmonton. We're, they, they sign our checks. So we love the folks at Oilers Nation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every, every time, the last three times, they've brought a bus of people. The game or two afterwards, I'm hearing it from the security people about the group of yahoos that were all sitting in the in the in the uh, media and I keep going oh god they weren't wearing goofy hats were they and of course they were so uh 
That is the um, it's gonna be so, it's gonna be a really cool six, six weeks to go, right? Ish six weeks. Nineteen games. Nineteen games. Nineteen uh, games over six there, seven weeks. There are um, I think it's Calgary. Six, and a half. There's thirty. There are thirty eight days left in the regular season as we're recording this. There's so much. There's still yeah. There's so much left to go. But I will tell the yeah, listeners statistically, Calgary right now is their playoff matchups most likely are going to be either Nashville. St. Louis or Minnesota, depending how those three go. Now that can all change. Well, Dallas, Dallas is still down there a bit, but Dallas has a lot of games left. Uh, The key here is Vegas only had the Vegas has the least amount of games left of anyone in the Western Conference. Vegas pretty much had they have sixteen games to go. They have to basically go fourteen and two to to get to that level. And Dallas has twenty one games to go. So Dallas has five games in hand on the on Vegas. Vegas. And Vegas is nowhere close. Like, like the Preds are up at 78 points. They're down at 73. Nice. So Vegas's hill to get even get into the playoffs right now is monumental. Vancouver's odds, I think, as of today, are almost within 5 or 3% of Vegas's, which three weeks ago they were like 80% apart. Look, so Vegas has collapsed. This map will obviously change, though. Shane, don't get too deep into the numbers too much. The I'm always deep into numbers. Deep. Every, day, every day I look them up, and but, so I know yeah, they are. <laughs> if, if you're a Flames fan and you're trying to conceptualize, like, oh, where are the Flames going to clinch? Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things. Uh, the Flames, oh, etch. There's, there's a lot of Flame things the Flames – and follow Pat Steinberg. He's going to be tweeting uh, – uh, you know, if you're listening to this, you're following Pat Steinberg uh, to begin with. But if yeah. you're not – Stop it. Start start following him and say thank you, Pat, when he posts things. But thank so you. The, 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 there's, there's basically there's gonna be four things to keep track of for, for the flames. So there's four magic numbers basically that are important. One is for the, the playoff spot. So the playoff spot is to basically are the can the flames finish in one of the two wildcard spots? So it's at once the third place yeah. wildcard team can't beat the flame, can't uh, t- be uh, finish ahead of the flames. The Flames have clinched at least a wild card spot. Yeah, spot. Then yeah. they're the, the the but realistically, the wild card spots are probably going to be central division teams because there's you know they're just better than the Pacific, Pacific division. It is it's a better division. That leaves three three things to clinch. One is a divisional spot of any kind, which means the Flames can once the Flames have more points than the uh, the fourth second place place. team can possibly get. Uh, once the Flames have more points earned than the fourth place team can possibly get in the Pacific then they will finish guaranteed top three. Next, home ice. Home ice means once the Flames have, have, have more points uh, racked up than the third place team can get, they will be guaranteed top two in the division, which means they will have home ice advantage in at least, in the first round at least. Then if uh, if the Flames cannot be caught by the second place team, then they will win, then they will clinch the division. Um, they're not catching Colorado, so we don't need to go. Yeah, into so they're, yeah, they, <laughs> they're not catching Colorado. Unless Colorado really bags it, yeah. and then the Flames go on an absolute heater, the Flames probably aren't going to catch Colorado. So it could go on a heater, and I still don't think they're going to catch Colorado. So right, right now, the the math and the prognosticators suggest that the Flames are a very strong candidate to finish first in the Pacific. It, uh, I believe, at the Athletic, they have like a hundred percent chance of finishing it. That's based on a lot of modeling. So unless the Flames completely fall off a cliff. They're probably going to finish first in the division, which means they have home ice in the first two rounds of the playoffs. And if you follow yeah. the Calgary Flames, that's a pretty big thing because it means that if you are one of the people who go, I don't know why they keep playing Sean Monaghan and Milan Lucic on the line together. Aren't they slow? The answer is um, loyalty and playoff experience 
respectively. Well, they're good defense. They are. uh, People want to crap all over one mistake everybody makes in a game, but I mean, everybody makes a mistake. Johnny Gaudreau makes mistakes every now and then too. We just don't crap on him because he gets all those points. Like everyone makes mistakes. They are solid defensive first fourth line players. So it's, it's, they're good. I, I can, I'm sympathetic to, uh, to the arguments towards not having those players on. I also would say you got to play somebody and it also say that's why they're on the fourth line. And it also say, uh, if you're in the playoffs and you know, the game kind of changes and you have a lot of, uh, a lot of the ability to control your matchups, you might not be using them the same way. So, I mean, I think it, Dar- is, it is what it is. Daryl will at what come play, the reason everyone plays so many like regular minutes and like, it's not like, you know, it's not like Edmonton or Toronto where Matthews and McDavid are playing 25 minutes a night. Calgary spreads their minutes out. The guys are more rested as much as you can be. Like you said, two, would, two weeks into the year, everyone's already hurt. And, 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 let's, and let's be honest but, here. Let's be honest here. How many teams lost 19 games of their calendar and had to have those games crammed into the last, like they're playing 50 yeah. games in 70 days. So yep. uh, granted, they've gotten through the worst of it. They're, you know, the, the, they have. Yeah. They're kind of back to started, starting, starting on that Tuesday when they played uh, uh, the sharks, it's 20 games in 40 days, which is still not great. It's still kind of a crappy schedule, but mm-hmm. it's not borderline illegal. Like playing, they played five and seven a week or so. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough, but hey, you can only put play the schedule that you're told to play, right? So they, you know, they'll be banged up, they'll be bruised. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I'm interested to see end of the year uh, if players like Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, who are both on pace for near 100 points, Kachuk's is up to 99 points in 82 game pace. Uh, you know, you get down to the wire, and that's achievable. Do they play or do they decide they want to rest? Because it, or you know it, it, they'll you know what I think they'll do is they'll do whatever the coach says, whatever the coach says you know hey you're gonna sit today you go okay you know like or but it, you know it, I think miles like a hundred point milestone is a really big thing so it'll be uh, like that's huge you know you could say I got a hundred points in the NHL that's, that's how many people can actually say that I'll, I'll say so. I'll say this I'll say this uh, Glenn Godden when he was with the Swift Current Broncos in his overage year. Uh, he met, he missed a few games. So the, the, the Broncos knew he was working through his shoulder thing. And so they rested him flat for two weeks of the season. And during that two weeks of the season, uh, he went from being first in league scoring to second. And so he missed out on a scoring title uh, because the team wanted to rest him for the playoffs, but uh, they ended up winning a WHL championship and contending for the Memorial cup. And so uh, I asked him once, Hey, you know, what, what do you, do, were you a little bit sour about getting sat? He's like, we won the championship, didn't we? And they winked at me. I'm like, oh, Glenn Godden. Well, that's that's the that's attitude. Ridiculous. And, but but the, from day one, Calgary's all their main players have bought into this new, we're going to play like this system. Like since the first game against the Oilers this year, all of them, Johnny, Kachuk, Mange, Backland, everyone on the entire roster has bought into the hard four check, keep possession, don't give the puck away style. So the way they play also, you know, it, 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 Freak accidents can happen, but they're not getting they, – they're hardly getting – like the defensemen hardly get – some games hardly get any work in their own zone. Because they – if you notice, they don't set up behind the net when they re, like re, regroup. Hannafin and Anderson, when everyone – they stay at the top of the circles and they'll pass back and forth until they get a hole, and then they'll shoot the puck up. They don't – they're not in the corners getting plastered against the boards. So everyone still has their bing – 
dings and bruises and everything, but it's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's a Ryan Huska thing. He doesn't, he yeah. doesn't want them to get too deep because no, because then you get pinned. If you deep and you turn it over, your you're goalie f- has no time to square up. He just, he just goes, oh no! But if you're kind of like if you're up if you're yeah. up higher in the zone, if heaven forbid something goes wrong, if you you're have up high in the room. zone, you have twenty feet to square up and react and anticipate. And at least that gives your goalie a chance. Yes, you're and and, and if you're and if you're Oliver Shillington, it gives you enough time to catch the guy. So oh, you get <laughs> ten feet, you'll catch the guy. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's probably a good place yeah. for us to stop. It's been it's been a it's been an eventful week month two weeks basically an eventful since christmas and uh with two months to go i think we're basically in for more events uh we're you know it's who knows when the ride's gonna end but so far so good for the calgary flames so that'll do it for this week uh of flames nation radio uh we're brought to you by doordash and rupert's whiskey brought which is made by the nice folks at eau claire distillery so for shane i'm ryan thanks a lot for listening and we'll see you next week Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.